The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast, brought to you by the Goose Hammock Shops, Cape Cod's largest outdoor outfitter, serving New England since 1946. Shop them online at themightyfish.com. Welcome to the My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast. The My Fishing Cape Cod Podcast is your local source for the latest news and information on fishing Cape Cod. Now, here's your host, Kevin Collins. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast here from MyFishingCapeCod.com. This is your host, Kevin Collins, coming at you with podcast episode number five of our weekly 2020 podcast season. Another great show in store for you today. We're going to lead it off shortly with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins. We're then going to be joined by Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock in Orleans. And last but not least, we're going to be joined by our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. So a packed show in store for you today. Lots of good intel and information as we've officially flipped the calendar into September and that fall run for the striped bass season is starting to get underway. So without further delay, let's hop right into today's podcast and welcome in our first guest. And that is my fishing Cape Cod founder and creator, Ryan Collins. Ryan, how are you today? I'm great, Kevin. No complaints at all. I'm happy September is here, and I'm catching fish, so I'm pretty happy. It's it's unusual to hear you say that you're happy that September is here. I remember you and I, you know, on the beach in our tiny little bathing suits, mine usually falling all the way down to my ankles, and we'd be crying at the end of August, you know, as Labor Day weekend approached because we'd have to come off the beach and go back to school. So this is this is quite a big change for you. It is a big change, and I still get that melancholic feeling when you wake up and there's a crisp, cool 60 or high 50-degree morning, which we've had several of in the last couple weeks here, because it does remind me of waiting for the school bus while hearing birds going crazy because there's a blitz down at the beach. And oftentimes, I would go over the Sagamore Bridge on my way to school, and look down, and there'd be a huge blitz going on at the canal, and here I am on the school bus going to school for the day. So I am very happy that I'm no longer in that situation, and I have the freedom to go to the blitz when it's happening. So speaking of the blitz, I know you got into some fish from the beach this week. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, last night, thanks to some tips I received from members from inside our members forum, And you guys and ladies, you know who you are, and I can't thank you enough for sharing some information with me. I finally had some success last night along the beaches of the Outer Cape. I got into a nice school of fish that were in the 28- to 34-inch class. For a little while, it was a, a hit on almost every cast. I had them for about an hour, and then I lost them. And that's how it goes. I had logged in many days and nights and hours of walking up and down that beach because it's a huge stretch of coastline and it's not easy to find the fish. But last night, my efforts finally paid off again, mostly thanks to tips I received from other members. And that really goes to show the power of the forum and just the power of, you know, being nice to people essentially and just being friendly and giving some good information when you can, and then, you know, they'll pay it back, and you'll end up getting a nice tip that could end up making your whole season. So 
for surf casting right now, the stretch from Chatham all the way up to P-Town, I know it's a huge stretch of beach, and I don't want to burn up any honey holes right here on the podcast, but if you got to head down there, just rest assured that there aren't some really nice schools of fish moving along that stretch of coastline. Now, Ryan, I know you also did some fishing inside Cape Cod Bay with another group of members on Sunday. Talk a little bit about what it was like inside Cape Cod Bay from the shore. On Sunday, I fished with 13-year-old Cooper Mark and his dad, Brian. Really awesome father-son duo. Cooper is a great little fisherman, and he ended up catching his first striper ever on the fly rod, which was really sweet. And we caught a bunch of other fish on spinning tackle, just using little seven-foot rods with Albi Snacks soft plastics. They do a great job of imitating peanut bunker. So as far as lures go, last night from the Outer Cape beaches, I was using a black and purple Joe Bag Swarter, which is definitely a go-to lure for nighttime. And then on Sunday during the day, we were using the white Albi Snacks, which, as I just said, is a great peanut bunker imitation. And I'm hearing that there are plenty of peanut bunker in Buzz's Bay, plenty of peanut bunker along the Outer Cape beaches, and in Cape Cod Bay. However, it has been very hit and miss because yesterday I was talking to Jane Simpson, and she said that she's been having a tough time finding those schools in Cape Cod Bay. So I think it's kind of just getting a little lucky um, trying to find the birds. But on Sunday, we, we did get lucky. There were birds offshore, way out of casting range, and then they eventually came right into the beach, and we had schooly stripers that were in less than two feet of water just cruising up and down the coastline for a little while. So if you're fishing the Cape Cod Bay beaches, I think it's only going to get better. And just look for the birds, look for the peanut bunker, and that's pretty much the best advice I, I can give right now. The peanut bunker are getting bigger. The ones I saw on Sunday were three, four inches long, as opposed to a few weeks ago when you and I went fishing together, the peanut bunker were really, really tiny and the fish were finicky. So now the peanut bunker are bigger and the fish seem to be biting a little bit better. Ryan, let's talk a little bit about Buzzards Bay since we hit on Cape Cod Bay. I know Buzzards Bay can be a big floating biomass this time of year with all different types of species of fish. Yeah, I was down there a couple of days ago just going for a walk, and I saw a huge school of peanut bunker on the Bourne coastline. And I'm hearing similar reports throughout Buzzards Bay from the west end down south towards Falmouth and across on the other side of the bay as well from New Bedford north. And in the middle of the bay, I've received quite a few reports of some very large albies being caught underneath birds. Lots of bluefish around, there's stripers, and the albies this year seem to be larger than typical. I've seen some pictures of 28-inch albies. seems like, in general, the biomass of albies is just bigger, which is awesome. I'm yet to get out for albies. But I know inside the forum, members like Chris Gagner, Billy Mitchell, Brendan McCurley, they've all been reporting some really nice action in B-Bay. And again, it's just under the birds. So if you are got to go chasing these birds around, just be considerate of the people around you. And fortunately, I know on my fish in Cape Cod, we have a very nice group of, for the most part, conscientious and respectable 
people who will not go 100 miles per hour right through a blitz, who will give other boats plenty of space, because it is a feeding opportunity for these fish, and they work hard for their meals, and you don't want to blow it for the fish and the other fishermen by just buzzing right through a school. So just keep uh, keep it slow, and everybody will enjoy these blitzes while we have them. I know another thing you wanted to talk about, Ryan, as we flip the page into September, is the brown shark fishery on Cape Cod. They're still being caught, and I know that they're being caught over on Nantucket. They're being caught still here on the south side of the Cape. Sean of at Brown Sharks on the Cape on Instagram. Sean follows MFCC, and I fished with him last September when we hooked a monster ray of several hundred pounds from shore. I know he got a nice brown shark this past week. So everybody's thinking about Albies. Everybody's thinking about tuna and all the other great fisheries. But the sharks are still here, which is which is cool. However, I I think within the next couple of weeks, if you want to catch a shark, it's got to become a lot more difficult. Ryan, let's do a quick canal report since we haven't touched on that yet so far in our podcast. It seems slow to me, although I have seen some footage of bluefish and bass blitzes on peanut bunker. In particular, I think MSCC member Sean Lawrence might have gotten into a nice peanut bunker bluefish schoolie striper blitz this past week down there. I've seen some birds working off the east end over the past seven days. I don't know if they're really coming into the canal, though, Kevin. Every time I go down to the canal just driving by or going over the bridge, I'm I'm really not seeing a lot of birds. Mm. I'm not hearing about too much going on. I'm not seeing a lot of anglers down there. So I haven't personally fished it recently, but it just kind of seems on the slow side. I'm really hoping that will change for September, October. Regardless, you know there's still some big fish in there, and I have received photos over the last two weeks of numerous 40-inch class fish that were caught by folks jigging or fishing bait. So there are some really nice fish in there, as there always are, but they're few and far between, and you really got to work for them. And last but not least, I know you wanted to hit on the ocean sunfish, the mula mula that head into this area, you know, usually this time of year. Yeah, while we're on the topic of the canal, these ocean sunfish, usually starting in September, will come right into the canal, which for an ocean sunfish, that's probably the worst place on Earth where you want to be because they're very susceptible to boat strikes. So not just the canal, but all of Cape Cod Bay can get inundated with these big ocean sunfish. You'll see the dorsal fin. It looks like a shark's fin. But the difference is the ocean sunfish fin will be flopping back and forth. They're like giant pancake fish. They look like a giant pancake, and they can weigh several hundred pounds. So if you're out there on the bay, just kind of be aware, because they do get hit by boats quite often. And if you're cruising through the canal, just keep an eye out for that fin, because, man, it must be tough being a sunfish and then just getting smacked by a boat that's going like 20 miles an hour. Yep, that's gonna be that's gonna be a tough way to go, unfortunately. So definitely good for boaters to have the heads up, especially on a busy Labor Day weekend. I'm sure the canal, Ryan, is gonna be packed with boat traffic. It could be for sure. It seems like a lot of people have been coming down all week long. I've noticed quite a few cars on the road as opposed to a couple of weeks ago where it seemed like 
not as many people are coming down. I do think there are a lot of people already on Cape, and I would expect the traffic tomorrow to probably be pretty intense. We'll see. We'll see. All right, Ryan, thanks for sharing some of your week with us and great report. We're going to head off into the rest of the podcast now. We're going to be joined by Phil Howarth of the Goose Hummock coming up, as well as our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. But thanks for your time and look forward to catching up with you soon. Talk to you later, Kevin. Thank you very much. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Phil Howarth from down at the Goose Hummock Shop in Orleans. Phil, how are you this week? Living a dream as always, Kevin, albeit it's a kind of crappy day out but uh, it's starting to feel a little autumnal which is good and bad bittersweet but very well thank you and the fishing's fantastic right now so we'll dive right into the fishing but first i wanted to just ask you how things are down at the goose we're kind of in that sweet spot heading toward the end of the summer we're approaching labor day weekend where i know a lot of folks are going to head down the cape and look to try to get outdoors how are things in the shop it's good yeah very busy i was you know the 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 state allowed the tax-free weekend, the weekend just gone, so we were incredibly busy there. We had the, the, the weather was good to us in so much as it was pretty crappy, so everybody came in the store. So Saturday was fantastic, and then they got to enjoy the beach on a beautiful day Sunday. So that was good. We're fully loaded. We're, trying to, we're slowly starting to change our inventory a bit now as the focus moves heavily towards Albies for a short period of time, the big tuna, but also freshwater. We're starting to gear up for that now. Um, as we move into our you know, classic pool fishery and pool activities. So you just mentioned Albies, Phil. Do you have a report for us on how things are going Albies-wise down in the Lower Cape area? Yeah, just fine to get real good, real good. Off Chatham, just just off Chatham into into um, the Sound now, the Albies are running really thick, and they're huge. You're talking like 18-pound Albies. Wow. Like catching footballs. They're absolutely enormous. So the people that are getting on them are having yeah, a phenomenal time. One of my friends, Carlo, yesterday fished. He went out to Chatham and just headed south, basically down the side of Monomoy and got them. He found miles of them. And they're all, they were all, he said they were giants. And I know of up to 18 pound fish being caught. So incredibly exhilarating stuff on light tackle. The, um, it's the, it's the same old, it's like, yeah, the mighty fish epoxy jigs, those small, thin profile Jigs are doing incredibly well. The smaller soft plastics are doing really well. Um, but, yeah, the Albi fishing is really kicking off. Um, let's hope they, you know, this windy weather we're having now doesn't deter them and send them off. But there's plenty of peanut bugs around, which is why they're in. So, yeah, good stuff. Really good stuff. We had been hearing, Phil, during our last chat a couple of weeks ago about a lot of Benito inside Cape Cod Bay. I think they were off the east end of the canal. Are you still hearing any reports of Benito around? That's really slowing down. There's a, there's a one, of, one of my guys had yeah, found a little body of warmer water on the southeast side of Billingsgate, um, down into you know getting down towards the Brewster Flats, and he got in them pretty thick. But the Benito bite certainly is slowing down now. They're they're, they're moving on, so that's a shame because that was you know, this year was the in the eight years I've lived on the Cape, it was the best Benito season I've seen from what people are catching, and I think that. It's really interesting to see how it pans out for next year because Benito, I think, is going to start to become its own subspecies that we actually chase as a targeted species because we've got so, you know, I've heard of 30, 32 inch fish this year. But that's just dying. Um, but they'll be mixed in with the Albies as well, obviously. We, um, Matt is one of my staff. We posted a nice fish for Matt with an Albie um, the other day that he caught in the sand. So they're kind of 
they're around, but the bay side of it's slowing down a bit now. Now, in the forum, Ryan had heard of some great surf casting, Phil, some night surf casting uh, on the beaches between East Ham and Truro. Uh, have you been hearing anything about that bite that's been going on over the last week to 10 days? Yeah, I was actually part of it. I actually got my old ass out there, and I was actually fishing a couple of nights ago. I fished off the beach, and we did great. You know, we had some great fun. Um, they haven't been, you know, go back a month or so, people were catching some big fish, you know, 40-inch fish off the beaches up here. Um, but, but, yeah, I went out with my wife, and, and we just fished, you know, just till dusk, just after dusk the other night. And, yeah, we got a couple, which was nice, and my son and, and the guys from the shop went out the last couple of nights. They didn't do as well last night, but two nights ago, they were catching fish in the 30 to 34-inch category pretty consistently. Uh, it was a late bite though. It was kind of like midnight where it went off. Um, but when I went out two nights ago, like I said, I could see the schools of hoagies off the beach. You know, I could see stuff off the beach, and there's some really big shad in there as well. Which uh, a couple of guys, you know, if you if you put a teaser, if you put in a plug out, and you actually had a teaser on it, you know, some of these guys were catching like 28 inch um, hickory shad wow. on the teaser. We weren't catching them on the main plug, but they were hitting the teaser. So. Yeah, good fun, yeah, and a really nice way to spend the evening. Just be careful in the surf after dark, obviously. A lot of seals, though, as ever. The seals are about, you know, you're, you're casting out past the seals and dragging through them, so you had to be a bit... When you caught one, you had to be pretty brutal about getting it to the beach, not to have it stolen. But And we were casting, you know, the classics for me was I was casting the outcast lures, um, the big, heavy, you know, hand-painted wooden plugs, the classic surf stuff, which I, I kind of like. enjoy the whole... I know, Mystique and, and, and you know, the fact that they're using these handmade plugs rather than mass produced stuff, which I enjoy throwing. And these wooden plugs you, you cast them a country mile. Um, but you don't need to necessarily throw them all out. I was throwing them you know, 45 degrees to the beach just to get more distance covering in the trough at the bottom of Morset Beach. But yeah, it, it was good. And, that, and the other one that's done really well, slightly higher in the tide, is the Savage Gear Sandhills have done really well on the darker coloured Ronzies. And as it's a night bite, you know, you don't fish light. You're fishing black and purple and the yeah. blurple, as we call it, with black and purple on the lure. Um, I was doing well. I was actually fishing the 10-inch Ronzies, and that's what I was catching on in the black. And you mentioned the night bite has been going off, Phil. I know some folks aren't able to get out at night, and they're kind of relegated to fishing in during the daytime hours. And I know, generally speaking, Fishing, you know, during the day, you can snag a pogey and live line that. Or if you're fortunate enough to get mackerel, you can live line a mackerel. Are there any other tactics or plugs that you would recommend for folks that are kind of limited to fishing during the day? Yeah, I think during the day on the outer beaches, it's a case of what patrols through. Mm. Yeah, there's been some fantastic um, bluefish blitzes. There's still another week or so out from them, but the bluefish have been around. And if you get the bluefish, you know, they're a very aggressive daytime feeder, so... You know, don't send your custom painted wooden plug out for them. Um, use the, you know, use a big, you know, metal like Hopkins or Castmasters, um, or a, or a, you know, old hard plastic. Don't use soft plastics, obviously. And you, you more chance of bluefish. Um, sand eels was the classic summertime on bait, but the, the sand eels haven't turned up. You know, Chris, who for years has you know provided sand eels as bait for the shop that we resell, he just hasn't been able to get them this year. He's, they're just not here. They're further south in New Jersey, which is why the smaller tuna are there. But um, so, so yeah, using a chunk bait, whether it be pogey or mackerel, is probably your best chance for a fish. 
but I'd be keeping an eye out for the birds and see if you get a you know a pod of bluefish come through, and then just cast in front of that because they're always very obliging and fantastic sports. Just don't put your fingers in the mouth. And you just talked about bluefin tuna, Phil, real quick, and I know we talked a couple of weeks ago about the half beaks and when they show up, sometimes they can ignite, you know, that, that bait in the water can ignite some, some run and gun epic top water action. Have you heard anything about the half beaks showing up yet? Not so much about the half beaks. They're nearly here. You know, two weeks ago I was off Nantucket and they, they were there. We went through 10 miles on them. They were on our way back in from the canyons. They just, I haven't seen them prolific. The wonderful news is, is that the small bluefin have turned up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's been incredible bites off New Jersey. You know, one of my friends is he's not. You know, Tom's not the most experienced tuna fisherman. He had eight fish yesterday. You know, out in New Jersey is insane. But the lovely thing is, is that the smaller fish, and they're very small, they're in that 25 to 45 inch category, are off Chatham. You know, my friend Ralph had four of them yesterday, and he caught two of them on a bar, which is brilliant. Got one on Ballyhoo, also brilliant. And then he, he was marking them, and when they wouldn't come up, he, he was just jigging a Ronzi at 30 feet. He was only, he was only in 100 foot of water, so mm. it wasn't far out. And they're catching small fish. And, you know, one of my other customers, TR, caught them on the east side of the bank. Again, they're fishing the 30 to 50 inch category. So it's really cool that there's some recreational size fish coming. And that if people check our Facebook page, I actually posted a letter. Um, with regards to the, the, the federal side of it, NOAA are conducting surveys and they're concerned about numbers of small fish, um, small tuna, juvenile tuna. I think actually what they're doing is they're just looking in the wrong place because there's loads of them around. And what I encourage um, our followers to do is to read the, read the Facebook post. And if you do catch fish, there's an email address on there. Send the guy pictures, send the guy details, your laps, your longs, your days of where you caught the fish. Mm. Because it will really help the federal government in their analysis of where the fish are so they can accurately forecast because that forecast is what is going to become our quota next year. So it's really important we, we you know, explain how vibrant and good the fishery is right now. There's plenty of large bluefin around as well. The bay bite for the last two weeks has been pretty good. It's slowing down now. But there's been a great bluefish bite and I've heard some wonderful stories from some of my captains about epic hits on kite boats where the bluefish are just getting blown out of the water. Nothing quite like seeing a five, six hundred pound tuna clean out of the water when it's hit your boat. You know, it's really exhilarating stuff. But you know, that that bite has been really good. And so, so the giants are there for the commercial people who have the you know, have the um sort of the, you know, the endorsement to, to commercially fish, but it's lovely that there's so many small fish turning up now so that our recreational anglers can get in on the fun as well. Now, Phil, you mentioned you were fortunate enough to get out to the canyons. Maybe it was last week or within the last time we visited. What are you hearing from out in the canyons? And I know September can be a little bit tricky at times with some of the harsher weather moving in. You know, it can make it a little bit more difficult to get out there. Yeah, the, the, the challenge now with the wind, obviously, A, the warm water is receding down south. And secondly, you have, you know, like I say, the weather windows just get smaller this time of year, which you know, when you're running 100 miles out, it's really important. I always look for great weather the day before, great weather the day I'm looking to be there, and great weather the day after, just so I'm right in the middle of a sweet spot. So finding three consistent days of good weather gets a bit tricky now. Um, that said, the guys that have gone out, my friend Tanny was out there last week, he was at the beach, and he got into a yellowfin bite, and he also caught wahoo. so... Um, he got some great yellowfin fishing. He's going out again tomorrow. Um, so kind of Veach Atlantis is 
where it's at, which is good because of the closer canyons as well. It's not as far as a run. But that, the, yeah, that bite is still there, and you just need to, you know, roths provide the great reports who I use. Just check your roths reports um, and get an idea where the warmer eddies are. I follow it. But again, with the water getting more disrupted with these shorter weather windows, the, water, the warm water pools and eddies that we're looking for to fish in, they don't stabilize. You know, the water's always changing. As the water gets churned up, you have no idea where the fish are. And of course, the canyons is a big place and it's a long way away. So it's very easy to get, you know, I did it the other week. We went to the wrong canyon. They were 20 miles away. So we had a really, we had a bad day out and people 20 miles away killed. But that's canyon fishing. It can be very hit and miss. Now, Phil, I want to wrap up with just a, a personal question for you, just to touch base with you. Now that we're into September and you mentioned the seasons are, are shifting, it also brings in, you know, so many different things into play. You mentioned the Albi fishery that heats up. There's still a good striped bass bite around. There's bluefish around. There's wreck and giant bluefin tuna. There's so many different things, including the canyons, which you just mentioned. What are you going to look to do, and what are you looking forward to fishing this September? Uh, unfortunately, I sold my house. I moved house at the end of August. So, I'm kind of like so you're a, a busy bit, guy. Uh, I'm, I'm still recovering from that. So, but, you know, joking aside, September's, June and September, in my opinion, are the best two months to fish mm. on Cape Cod. September's wonderful. You know, everything, everything's moved. Everything's starting its migration to where it's going. So everything's hungry. They've been feeding all summer. So, the, you know, the fish are normally in great shape. I like the spring when they're a bit skinny. So it'll be fat fish. So, yeah, it's a wonderful time for me. I, I'll be definitely chasing the bluefin off the, uh, sorry, the, the bluefish off the beach. Um, and, you know, I'll be smoking them ready for, for bluefish pate over the winter, for sure. Um, I'll be going out a few times with my friends on their boats, um, giant tuna fishing, which is something, again, I'm, I'm pretty addicted to. Yeah. But also, you know, September starts to bring the, the changes that, you know, the, the state are going to start restocking the ponds. Mm-hmm. And we have the ability to do some really easy social fishing. You know, just fishing, you know, it's, it's quite cool. It takes me back to me when I was a kid. You know, just, just drowning a shiner off in Dickinson Park for trout kind of thing, you know. So I think we'll do more of that. And it'd be a more of, you know, the run and gun for tuna is great. It's really exhilarating, but it tires you out. So it'd be quite nice to do some relaxing fishing. And, you know, take that, you know, me and, the, me and the guys from the shop just go out and have a bit of fun as we wind down at the end of you know, what was a really busy season at the end. I know you're a busy guy, and I know you got a little bit of a road trip coming up to, to finish up the week, so I won't take up any more of your time, but I really appreciate the report. And our next visit's going to be in mid-September, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, mid-September. Well, I look forward to speaking to you then, and tight lines up until then, mate. Well, next up on this week's edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast is our good buddy Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. Bruno, how are you this morning? I'm doing awesome. Hello, MFCC members. Just try and stay dry in this thunderstorm. Yeah, we've had some inclement weather in very unsettled weather the last 12 to 24 hours. But outside of that weather window, Bruno, have you had a chance to do any fishing the last couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. I've been been able to get out there on other people's boats a lot. I ended up, I'm in between boats right now. I just sold my boat and I'm about to close on my new boat. So I'm boatless. Uh, for the last like two three weeks so uh, i've been getting out with friends and relatives and uh putting in my time out there it's been great 
Now, Bruno, what have you been targeting? I know you've sent me some pictures of some pretty awesome Benito over the past couple of weeks. I am, uh, I'm strictly on uh, Bonito right now and uh, some fluke and uh, just uh, waiting to uh, get my new boat so I could uh, get out there for the fall tuna season. Now, Bru- right now, I'm strictly just concentrating on uh, Bonito and fluke. You're very active, Bruno, on the website. You're always, you know, texting folks and active in the forum. Have you had a chance to fish with any other My Fishing Cape Codders recently or, or maybe swap some intel or get some intel from them? Yeah, you know, we uh, we got some really good intel on the Bonito, and uh, a couple of the guys uh, went out there. And, and, you know, at one point we were side-by-side uh, side in boats and uh definitely uh definitely got some good intel and after after i posted some of my intel a couple of the members made it out there and had just as much success on the bonito run um out and around monsters vineyard so uh there's plenty of them out there and they're getting they're, they're actually pretty big this year and even the albies are bigger this year so it's exciting to uh get on the funny fish this time of the year yeah, and talking about the funny fish, Bruno, what's the bait situation when you've been out on the water in terms of peanut bunker, sand eels? What's around? Ah, man, you know, when it comes to the funny fish, every day is different. Mm. Um, I I went out there one day, and um, the albies, albies were puking um, squid up. Okay. And I was out there, you know, the day after, and they're puking up sand eels, and um, it seems like, it, here's what's going on. It seems like on the cloudier days, they, they like the, uh, the green, any kind of green, you know, sandal looking. Um, and then as soon as the sun comes out, you got to switch over to something pink and yellow or anything with some blue color to it. You know, mm. um, it, it seems like that that's, that's what's working. I'm not a big run and gun uh, type of fishermen, um, especially when it comes to Bonito, they're just extremely finicky. Mm. Um, we always have the best luck trolling for them. And, uh, you, you know, you want to hear a funny story. We were, uh, we were out there and, uh, it was me, uh, my cousin and, uh, my uncle Izzy, my uncle Izzy is basically, he's basically got gills behind his ears. He's probably <laughs> the fishiest guy I know, but we were out there with my son, my uncle, both hooked up on Bonito, both reeling in Bonito, and they both lost them at the same time. And as they're bringing in their lines, bummed out that they lost those two Bonito, they get crushed by these huge, huge uh, Albies. Ooh. And they both hook up on Albies, and these things just scream. And we're like, they're like, what the hell is this? You know, I mean, it, it can't be a bonito pulling that high. I was like, that's got to be an Albion. Uh, you know, long story short, we put two really big Albies on the boat and, uh, you know, got them loose and uh, dove them right back in the water. And that was awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big Albie fan, but uh, one thing I noticed is you don't really have to uh, troll high speed for an Albie. Yeah. You know, we always say bonitos, you get a troll six, seven knots um, to keep the bluefish off. But it turns out if you slow down, you also get a pretty good shot at an albie. 
And are you hearing word, Bruno, on the Albi bite? Are they kind of around Chatham yet, or are they still pretty spotty? Uh, I haven't heard much on Monomore's Albies, although last year I caught a bunch in Monomoy, um over at Stonehorse last year in mm. the uh, in the rips. I do know that if you're looking for Albies right now and, and funny fish in general, uh, I'd look at Halfway Shoals, um, and I'd, I'd definitely take a look at Hedge Fence and uh, see if you can spot some birds and see if you can, you know, either either troll through them or run and gun for them, you know. And I know you're focused predominantly on the Bonito bite, and you're dabbling into Albies when you bump into them. But let's just touch on striper fishing just for a minute, because I know that we're pretty much getting into the fall run now that we're in September. What are you hearing about striped bass around? Um, historically, when it comes to the striper, they, they don't usually leave until, you know, I want to say mid to end of September, but guys are already seeing school starting to swim south, mm. um, which means maybe the water temperature is dropping a little bit sooner than previous years, but, uh, who knows, right? I mean, yeah. that's wildlife for you, but, uh, they are starting to swim south. So if you, if you want a best shot, in my opinion, as a striper, I would look east. Um, I would look east and, and try to find some bait, some birds. I know that uh, eventually they're going to hit Monomoy, and you'll be able to get them in Monomoy. Um, the key to the striper is obviously water flow. Mm. Um, if you can keep an eye on the water flow and keep an eye on your tides and try to get in there at the maximum water flow, um, you're going to see them bite. Uh, otherwise, you, you'll see them. <laughs> but you won't get him to bite. I will say this, though. Last week, uh, I was right outside of Sassuid Harbor. Mm. And uh, in between Sassuid Harbor and uh, Billingsgate, there was a clam boat clamming, uh, kind of dragging the bottom. And uh, as you know, when that happens, the striper like to get right behind those clam boats and feed off whatever, whatever runoff is off the boat. And uh, there's a bunch of guys out there with clams picking up keeper stripers. Oh, wow. Dropping clams down. It was, it's pretty funny to see because that's not typically how you would think you're going to fish for striper. But uh, that's a little tip for you. If you see a clam dragger out there, uh, you know, get right behind them and stop dropping some clams and whatever you got. And there's a good chance you'll hook up. Uh, just, you know, try not to get too close and you know, commercial fishermen can can be grouchy at times. So yep. you just got you just got to respect the space. But it's uh, it's definitely a whole different way of fishing for them if you see them out there. And speaking of dropping bait down, Bruno, I know you're a big fluke guy. Let's do a quick little minute on on a bottom fishing report. Uh, anything that you're hearing about fluke or, or anything down low? Yeah, you know, you, you're going to see some sea bass in uh, hedge fence. Yep. You know, uh, forest fluke. There's still plenty of fluke around Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. Um, so if you're looking for fluke, your best bet, you know, as as I always say, is my favorite is the Nantucket Shoals uh, for the fluke. And you still got sea bass down there. And, um, you know, the storm that's uh, kind of off the coast right now going east on us, I get a feeling that storm's going to, you know, push some of those bigger fluke, bigger sea bass that are down in the, the you know, Davis Shoal area back up north closer to, you know, Round Shoal and all mm. that. So 
I'm willing to bet that the uh, fluke bite's going to be pretty good after the storm. And um, you're probably going to have uh, two, three weeks of that before another storm comes in in October, and that'll be, uh, that'll be the end of that party. If you're looking for fluke, you're looking for sea bass, now's the time because, uh, you know, you only have about two, three weeks of that before that party shuts off. And last but not least, Bruno, we're heading into uh, Labor Day weekend. What's going on in terms of Cape and Islands Mitsubishi? You guys got anything special planned for the, the Labor Day holiday? I'm a good boss, so I shut it down on wow. Monday and Sunday. And, uh, what a guy. We, yeah, we, we like to barbecue and be with family and friends. And uh, there's a lot of fishermen here at this dealership, so they're very happy to know that they get a shot at Sunday and Monday of going out there and doing some fishing. But uh, I encourage you to go on our Facebook and check out our newest custom built. We just built up a 2,500 Ram Black Edition, uh, three and a half inch lift, 22 inch wheels and tires on it. It is probably the meanest truck we've done in a while. And uh, as always, come in here, pick out your truck, pick out your lift kit and your tires and rims, and we put it all into one low monthly payment for you. Well, Bruno, thanks for the update. And I'm I'm glad to hear that some of your guys who work so hard for you are going to have a chance to get on the water as well this weekend. We look forward to chatting with you next week. All right, sounds good. See you soon. Once again, a big thank you to Bruno Demir from down at Cape and Islands Mitsubishi. And just want to take a moment at the end of today's podcast to thank all our guests for taking time out of their busy schedule to share with us some of their experiences and information that they've gathered over the last couple of weeks. And we started off with MFCC founder and creator Ryan Collins, who joined us right off the top of the show. And we were then joined by Phil Howarth, of down at the Goose Hummock. And last but not least, Bruno Demir, who you just heard from, from down at Cape and Islands, Mitsubishi. So that's going to put the wraps on episode number five of our weekly podcast season here for 2020. Sure hope you enjoyed it. And we're heading into what we hope to be a beautiful, sunny, calm Labor Day weekend here. A lot of folks think of this as the last farewell weekend to summer. I, for one, love the month of September here on Cape Cod and think we're going to get plenty more summer days as we head into the later part of September, and even probably a few in October. I choose to be optimistic. However, a lot of folks are heading back to school or heading back to work, so I hope all of you that are heading down to the Cape, or maybe already down Cape by the time you're listening to this, really enjoy your sunny Labor Day weekend. So happy Labor Day, everybody, and this is your host, Kevin Collins, signing off on another edition of the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. Until we talk again, tight lines and take care. Thanks for tuning in to the My Fishing Cape Cod podcast. For the latest local news, information, and fishing reports, be sure to log on to MyFishingCapeCod.com. From all of us at My Fishing Cape Cod, tight lines and take care.